You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am always excited to record these, but I'm super excited this week. Because as you, if you've been listening for a while, you know I'm a pretty passionate uh, Australian. I'm proud of my country. I'm proud of my culture. Uh, but when it comes to the course creation space, most people I speak to are actually from you know the United States or Canada or or maybe the UK. So it's it's very rare that I get to uh, speak to another Australian in this space. And I, I um, she popped up on my social media a couple of weeks ago. Started following her, and I was like, this person seems pretty cool listen to her podca- podcast. She's had a similar accent to me. I'm like, oh, wow, this person's Australian and she's really cool as well. So I, I reached out straight away. I'm like, I need to get this person on my podcast. And uh, lucky enough, she agreed. So let me introduce her. She's doing amazing things in this space. A little bit about her. She's a corporate dropout. She's a plant whispering, bulletproof coffee addicted digital product launch strategist. I the plant whispering sounds a bit weird. I think I've got it wrong. I'm hoping she doesn't talk to her plant, but maybe she does. Who who knows? She's also the podcast host of a very successful podcast, The Socialette, which releases actually three podcasts a week, bite-sized ones, so they're they're you know very easy to consume. I recommend everyone listen to those. Uh, but anyway, without further ado, let me introduce the one and only from Australia, Ms. Steph Taylor. Steph, how are you? Oh, thank you so much for that intro, Jono. Um, I'm going to burst your bubble and tell you I'm actually not born and bred Australian. Oh, no. <laughs> I, know I, I know I sound like it, but yeah. I'm actually, I was born in South Africa. I grew up in New Zealand and I've actually only lived in Australia for the last nine years. So okay. I'm, not, I'm not even a citizen. But you, but or, you, can, you be careful how you answer this. You're pretty much Australian, right? I'm pretty much Australian. Just don't ask me which sports teams I support because I won't answer that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now, the plant whispering. That's a joke, right? You you don't speak to a plant, do you? Sometimes I talk to them, but it's mostly a joke. Sometimes I do bounce ideas off my plants, especially during lock, lockdown last year before I got my dog. And it was just me and my fiddle leaf fig hanging out all day, yeah, no, <laughs> brainstorming nothing, ideas. Nothing weird about that. If you're listening, that's probably the New Zealand part to Steph. That's not what we do in Australia. That's, that's more New Zealand side of things. But hey, Steph, I like to start my podcast off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Mm, I love this question. So probably one that I think is quite relevant at the moment is your direction is more important than your speed. Mm. I think it really, I, I think that has been something that I wish I'd known a while ago, especially at the start of my business journey, where I thought, you know, I need to be the quickest person acting on everything and not really trying to think, not really pausing to think, where do I want to go rather than how can I be the quickest? Yeah. Yes, love that myself. And it's it's important because it's like, and I think it comes down to how clear, well, it is exactly how clear you are. Because if you're mm. super clear, something pops up and it's very easy for you to be like, okay, is this going to bring me closer to my goal or is it going to bring me further away from my goal? And if exactly. you're clear, you can make that. So, Yeah, and if something... If something's not bringing you closer to your goal, but you're spending time on it, it's actually taking you further away from it. 
Yes, for sure. Um, now, Steph, one of the major reasons why I wanted to bring you on this podcast, I heard that you made over a million dollars last year <laughs> uh, selling one of your online courses. I believe you've got a, a few of them now. You've got your, yes. your one in the podcast space. You've got the one in the, the launch space as well. What I was hoping to do for today, we've probably got another uh, 30, 35 minutes. I was hoping you could just tell us that that journey. You know, how to, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. They're struggling to make their first thousand dollars in the online course space. You made a million last year, so I'm sure everyone's going to be super curious. How did this woman do it? Uh, I, I just wanted to hand it over to you and say, you know, you could start where you want to start when you were in the corporate, when you started your podcast, when you wherever you want. And you just tell us that, that story. Is, is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Let's awesome. start from the very beginning. Um, awesome. hey, just, just one thing before we do that, I want to tell all the listeners a couple things I recommend you do. Um, Steph's actually got a, a bit of a free ebook as well, The Complete Roadmap to a Killer Launch. So obviously listen to this book for this podcast, but also I'll put the link to that in the show notes. If you want to just go down there, go down there, download that. It's probably going to be similar to what we talk about today, but it'll be in a written version, another way to get it. And I also recommend checking out Steph's podcast as well. I listen to a lot of podcasts in the space. It's, it's one of my favorites. So just wanted to get that um, there, but back over to you, Steph. Where, where do we start? Yeah, let's start with the classic overachiever, the kid who you know, has been told she basically only has, she can do whatever she wants to do after she finishes school, as long as it's medicine, law, finance, engineering, you know, like a suitable profession. (laughs) So I did that. I studied finance, I studied accounting. And after a year and a half in New Zealand studying that, I moved over to to Australia because I got a job the dream corporate job. It felt, you know, it was $30,000 a year. It felt like I was going to be making a ridiculous amount of money because I'd been a student living off meagering for a year and a half prior to that. And I got the job. I worked my butt off. I moved and I knew something wasn't right. I felt a little bit like I was a square peg that had been stuffed into this round hole. And I was questioning, I was like, surely this can't be everything that I've worked for. Surely this can't be what life is supposed to be like. Anyway, I changed jobs. I got the next dream job, one step up the ladder. It was the kind of job that has a big graduate program that, you know, thousands of people apply for and only a couple of people get each year. And again, a few months into that job, I started questioning what am I doing here? I had spent four years at that point studying really, really hard And I'd landed in in this dream job and here I was filing people's documents. I was proofreading letters that people were sending. I was sending out faxes and this wasn't even that long ago. (laughs) I was like, I, I know I was like, I have a degree and I'm sending faxes. What is this? I wasn't, I wasn't using my brain at all. And I was just bored out of my mind. So while I was filing those documents and sending those faxes, I actually started listening to business podcasts. Mm. I was listening to people like you and I now, and I was listening to these people being interviewed, dreaming of, oh, like, wouldn't it be cool if I could one day do this? That would be a pretty cool thing. But I never actually thought it would be possible to do my own thing, to not have a boss, to never have to touch a fax machine ever again. I, it just felt like this completely separate world that was for other people. It wasn't for people like me who had followed that corporate pathway. 
Anyway, so around the same time, I decided to quit sugar. That was, yeah, pretty, pretty fun time at the start. (laughs) If anyone has quit sugar, they know just how bad the cravings can be and how it can basically make you crazy. Maybe that's what made me start the business. I don't know. (laughs) But basically what I realized at the time was it was really hard to find good sugar-free snacks Mm. out there. And that was where I had the idea for my first business, which was a subscription box delivering sugar-free snacks to your door each month. And I remember so clearly, I remember ringing up mom and dad back home and telling them about my idea, being really excited, thinking, you know, my parents are super supportive. They're going to love this idea. They're going to be like, go for it. Mm. And they actually did their best to talk me out of it. And they, I remember so clearly they said to me, most new businesses fail. Which, you know, wasn't an uncommon statistic. I was working in insolvency at that point. So I was familiar with the fact that a lot of businesses do fail. And it just made me more determined to make it work. You know, the fact that people assumed that it would fail, I thought, Mm. I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to make this work. But then there was also that part of me that was like, oh, what if it does fail? Like, who am I to start a business? I don't know anything about selling products. I don't know anything about selling things on the internet. But I felt like I had that thing to prove. And that was what was driving me to start this business. So that was basically where it all started. And while I was launching this business, I was getting up at 4 a.m. every day, putting in the work, doing all of the things to make it happen and then showing up at my job at 8.30 every morning. And I, of course, nobody at my job could know that I was launching this business because that would make me seem like I didn't care 100% about my job. Like, goodness, I mean, who, who could have a job in corporate and a life outside of it? So I was, I was doing this double life. I was trying to do all of the things. I was sourcing suppliers. I was building the website myself. I was marketing it all myself. I was doing the bookkeeping myself. And then I I couldn't sleep because while I wasn't working on the business, all I could think about was the business. And it was pretty, it was a pretty tough time. Um, There weren't enough hours in the day. And I like my hat goes off to anybody who's doing that right now, who's Mm. side hustling alongside a corporate job, because I think that was probably one of the toughest times in my life. Mm. Um. So then what happened was two weeks out from the official launch date of the business, I was in the middle of a netball game and I just suddenly couldn't breathe. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't realize what was going on, but I was lying on the sideline and I just couldn't stop crying. And I'm somebody, I, I don't cry in public. I'm very like, I'm, I'm very um, emotionally contained. So for me to be lying on the sideline of the netball court with just tears pouring down my face, unable to breathe, it was pretty scary. And now, now I know that that was a panic attack. At the time, I had absolutely no idea what was going on. And the next morning I woke up with pretty bad back pain and a fever And I almost went to work that day, but luckily I didn't. (laughs) Luckily I called in sick because by that evening I was in the hospital with a really bad kidney infection where I stayed for an entire week. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty good start to the business two weeks (laughs) out from launching. And it was really funny because I remember I was lying there in this hospital bed in pain, sweat dripping off my face, 
awful antibiotics on an IV. And I just remember thinking, thank goodness I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Mm. (laughs) Like how sad is that? Um, And that was the point where I realized like the only way I could get out of this miserable existence that I had created for myself was to be in hospital. I had to get, I had to be at the point where I was so sick to stop hustling, hustling, hustling on the side business and my main job. Um, So anyway, after about a week in hospital, I was sent home to recover for another week. I was under strict instructions. You do not go back to your job for another week. You are still fighting off this infection. And on my first day out of hospital, my boss calls me and he says, hey, Steph, when can I drop your laptop off? (laughs) Uh, I, I, at this point, I couldn't even keep my eyes open for an episode of Orange is the New Black. Like I would have to, I I would have to watch each episode in halves because I'd need to have a nap in the middle. And that's a juicy Uh, show as well. I I know. (laughs) I know. Um, So after about, yeah, so after two weeks off, on sick leave, I got back into the office and I thought, okay, how bad can it be? Like my team's going to have hopefully taken care of most of the stuff that needed to be done. And I turn up at my desk and there's just this mountain of paperwork waiting there for me. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, that, that was a point where I was like, oh, wow, they actually don't care about me. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Like this job doesn't care about my well-being at all. And I burst into tears. It was like, it was overwhelm. It was exhaustion. It was all of those things. And after a few days back, my boss actually asked my manager to have a word with me because I wasn't staying past 5 PM to get the work done. Wow! (laughs) I've just been off on sick leave for two weeks. Can't stay awake past 3 PM. And my boss has told my manager that I'm not staying past 5 PM. So she should have a word with me. So that was the point where I realized actually I would rather be broke and working on something that excites me and on my own terms and my own hours, you know, something where I can look, I can put myself first rather than putting a company that doesn't care about me first. Mm. And a few weeks later I handed in my resignation and I went all in on this business that I had just launched that wasn't making a whole lot of money. And it was probably the biggest risk that I ever could have taken, but I'm so glad I did it. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Wow, love it. And then that business, what happened? What was the story from there? Was that business successful? Did you quit it? What happened? So after a few months, my savings ran out. I, I mean, to be fair, I didn't actually have a whole lot in savings when I quit my job. I had just bought an apartment. So all of my savings had gone into the deposit for that. (laughs) And what didn't go into the deposit went into buying furniture. So I really did not have a whole lot in the bank. Um, And also to top things all off, when I resigned from my job, I had to pay back some of the professional development stuff that I had done Mm -hmm. within the last 12 months because 
that was the clawback period. So yeah. my, my last paycheck was actually negative. Ooh, that, <laughs> that, that really sucked. <laughs> anyway, so my savings ran out and I had to, you know, I had to swallow my pride. I had to go and get a part-time job. Mm. And at the time that felt really hard. That was like a, Oh, a bit of a blow to the ego, mm. but it was actually the best thing that could have happened because I was working for a startup as their digital marketing coordinator. Mm. And my boss there was so supportive. He knew that I had a side business. He knew that I could only work two or three days a week. And he almost became like a mentor to me. And he's still one of my best business friends to this day. So while I was working three days a week for the startup, my subscription box business kind of was struggling. It was, it was profitable, but growing it really felt like pulling teeth. I was still packing out, packing up and sending out all of the orders myself because it's really hard in Australia to outsource the logistics until you're doing things at scale. Like mm. most of the third-party logistics companies, they don't want to talk to you until you're sending out a thousand orders a month. Mm. And I was nowhere near that. I was sending maybe a hundred orders out a month. And the thought that I would potentially be having to send to pack and send out 999 orders a month from my apartment living room, my little tiny living room in my two bedroom apartment, pack, write the labels, seal the satchels, drive them to the post office and send them out. That I just thought I can't do that. I wanted to travel. I wanted a business for freedom. And this business that I had created was actually keeping me stuck in Australia. I couldn't go overseas. I couldn't do anything because if somebody, if somebody ordered something, I was the one who had to send it out. I couldn't afford to hire somebody to do it for me because my profit margin was like $2 per order. So yes, it was profitable, but it wasn't because I wasn't paying myself. So anyway, my boss at the time, like we were chatting about it and I, I talking to him, I realized that I had created a job and I realized I need to close this down. And the, the boss that I had at the time, he mentored me into starting to work with some marketing clients. And I realized pretty quickly, like I would need to hire a team and scale this into an agency if I wanted this to keep growing. Mm. But what I, I wasn't loving managing people. I'm not really a people person. <laughs> I like this. The last year has been fantastic for me because I'm like, cool, I can just hide in my office and not have to deal with people in person. That's great. Yeah, um, that. So I, I realized like pretty quickly, I don't want to start an agency. And I also noticed a bit of a trend. I had a lot of new business owners who were wanting to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, but they didn't have the business, they didn't have the budget to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, but they had the time that they could learn how to market things mm -hmm. themselves. So that was where the idea for my first online course came from. I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be cool if I could teach people how to run their own Facebook ads so that they can spend that $100 a month that they have purely on Facebook ads rather than trying to, you know, spend $1,000 a month on somebody to manage their $100 mm. Facebook ad budget because that's just not worth it for them. So I launched that course and that actually funded about two months of travel through Europe, Ooh. which was pretty cool. Pretty cool. At the same time though, I still had client work running. And the problem with that was most of my clients were here in Australia. I was in the UK. I was getting up at 3am to do sales calls, 4am to do client strategy calls. I was waking up 
to client emergencies in my inbox. I remember I had one client who called me on Sunday night. So it would have been Monday morning in Australia, Sunday night with an emergency because her sales page was missing a full stop. And I was like, does this really count as an emergency? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was like, I, I was living in this state of guilt because I wasn't getting the full travel experience that I wanted to get while I was over there. But when I was away from my laptop and traveling, I was in the state of worry, like what's happening in my inbox. And I actually, <laughs> it wasn't until I caught myself checking emails in front of the Eiffel Tower that I was Ooh. like, oh, okay, maybe something needs to change here, Steph. Maybe this isn't quite the business for you. Um, so again, like I'd come a little bit closer to freedom, but I hadn't fully created this business that gave me the freedom I wanted. And that was the point where I launched my podcast. I thought, hmm, I don't already have enough work going on. Let me just create more work for myself. <laughs> but fortunately, I instead of launching the podcast under my former agency brand name, I launched it under my own personal brand. And I created it with, I think maybe I had about a $300 budget. I had a dodgy microphone. I covered the microphone with this bright pink sock. That was the pop filter for the microphone. And it actually, like, it was all good. And when I launched it, it went to number one in the business charts. So I was like, okay, maybe this podcasting thing could work. And I think within about six months of launching that podcast, I was speaking at podcasting conferences. I was on the same stage as some podcasting legends, not going to name drop, but there were some pretty big names. Give him a a drop. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you've heard of Pat Flynn or Jordan Harbinger. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. So Jordan Harbinger. I think I've heard of him. I, I subscribe yeah. to the, the Smart Passive Income. Is that Pat? Yeah, yeah, that's Pat's yeah. one. Yes, yeah, so I was speaking at the same small conference as these two guys. Ooh. Here I was six months into having a podcast, little old me being like, oh, imposter syndrome. Who am I to be speaking on the same bloody stage as these guys? And it felt, it, it was terrifying. And I, I know, I remember thinking back then, like from the outside, everything looked really successful in my business. I had just fired all of these clients. I had just launched this podcast. I doubled down on this personal brand. I had this library of digital products because I'm very much of a let's create more, more, more kind of person. This is, this all ties back to my quote at the start about the direction is more important than your speed. I had acted with a lot of speed. I didn't really think about the direction of my business. I had this library of courses and products teaching people how to DIY their own marketing, but it was so broad. I wasn't the expert in any one thing. I was the generalist marketer that people would come to for the free advice. Mm. But then when they wanted to learn how to do Instagram marketing, they would go to the Instagram marketing expert. When they wanted to learn email marketing, they would go to the email marketing expert, but they'd come back to me for the free stuff. Mm. So I'm sitting there pulling my hair out, like why aren't people paying money for my courses? And I ended up sitting down with a business coach and I was saying to her, I was like, oh, next year, like I want to launch this course. I want to launch this course. I want to launch this course, but nobody's paying money for my stuff. I think my audience just doesn't value paying money for Mm. things. Um, Nobody really knows me as one thing. And she looked at me and she's like, Steph, from the sounds of it, your thing is launching. You love launching Mm. things. Not many people out there love launching. And that was the big light bulb moment that kind of, exploded at all. (laughs) 
Um, so I sat on the idea for another year before I actually niche down into launching. So for some reason, this was the one point where I just couldn't, I, I couldn't harness that speed that I'd normally acted with. It was really scary. And I knew it would, I knew it would require me retiring a whole lot of these courses and these products that I'd already created. And that felt really scary. I'm like, I've invested all of this time into creating these things. I can't just put them away and hone in on one specific topic. Like, what if I just hone in on this one topic? Am I limiting my audience too much? So I kept launching other marketing courses because you know, when something's not working, what do you do? You keep doing the thing that's not working. (laughs) Um, So the breaking point was when I launched a new online course. This one was one on Instagram marketing and it was make or break. So I had a lot of people who followed me for free advice on Instagram marketing. So I thought, sure, they'll pay money for an online course about Instagram marketing. Instagram was really sexy. I mean, it still is, but this was now two years ago it was especially sexy everyone wanted followers everyone wanted to make sales clubhouse before TikTok. yeah exactly it was like the cool platform Mm. and i had invested a lot of money into facebook ads to get people registered for my webinar where i was launching this course i had a lot of people registered i think i had about a thousand people registered for this webinar in my mind i had calculated the dollars i was going to make from it i was like this is going to be such a success and I fired up the webinar platform. I hit go live and I got the spinning wheel of death. Oh. Yep. Yep. Nothing happened. And being the, being that the platform was a US platform, their live chat was offline for the night. Oh. So I had no option. I just had to can the webinar and I got all of these emails in my inbox, angry people who were like, I put my kid to bed early so I could watch this webinar and it's just not happening. You know, people who were like, I booked, I I, I had somebody look after my child. Mm. People who had prioritized attending this webinar were angry. Mm. It was so bad. And there were about 700 people registered for this one particular time slot And I knew that if they weren't going to buy on the webinar, they probably weren't going to buy at all because that's just how launches tend to work. Like people buy while they're live, while they're really like motivated to take that action. And I just remember remember going home from my co-working space at that point and it was 11 a.m. I poured myself a massive glass of wine and I climbed (laughs) into bed. (laughs) At 11 p.m. did you say? 11 a.m. Oh, 11 a.m. Okay. <laughs> yes, I know it was that bad. <laughs> and I was in there in bed with this massive glass of wine. And I opened up LinkedIn and I started scrolling through jobs thinking, I just can't do this anymore. And I was applying for jobs. A week later, a hiring manager called me and asked me if I wanted to come in for an interview. And for some, somehow, like my brain, just took over. Like I went into autopilot and my brain just said, no, thank you. I can't, sorry. I've already accepted another position elsewhere, Okay. which was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not quite ready to give up on this business thing just yet. But I also knew that business couldn't continue the way that it was going. So that was the thing that really forced me to say, okay, maybe I need to niche down now. Maybe this is the sign that the business as usual is just not working for me. So I thought, okay, what's, what's like some low hanging fruit 
that I can create a product for. And I'd had a few friends who had asked me for advice on launching a podcast. So I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, let me just throw together an eight week group coaching program on how to launch a podcast. I pre-sold two spots and then I launched it to the rest of my email list and nobody else bought. And I thought, okay, cool. This sucks. Yet another failed launch. What I did then that I hadn't done in previous launches what I, was I actually talked to my audience. I said, why don't you guys want this product? I know you guys want to learn, learn how to launch a podcast because you've asked me about it. Mm. Why are you not interested in this? And their feedback was things like, well, I can't commit to showing up to live calls every week for eight weeks because, you know, my kids are about to go on school holidays. Um, Other people who were like, well, I don't want to launch it in eight weeks. I want to launch it tomorrow. Um, Other people who were like, I don't want to learn in a group coaching environment. I want to learn how to DIY it. So I took all of those insights and I created the A to Z podcast launch plan in a week. So that is literally, it's not even, I don't even call it a course. I mean, it is an online course, but I don't call it a course because it's like step-by-step. This is just what you do to launch a podcast. And I launched it to my email list. The first launch brought in $3,000. Then I launched it live on a webinar, brought in another two and a half thousand. Then I thought, okay, cool. Let me run some Facebook ads to this webinar. Brought in another, I think three grand, then another three and a half grand. And I kept relaunching it live on this webinar. And then I eventually put it on Evergreen, you know, the holy, the holy grail that every course creator dreams of. I put it on Evergreen and then, yeah, within 12 months, it brought in 800,000 US dollars. So that's over a million in US dollars. And to date, I think I've had about 5,000 students go through it. So that's kind of how I got to the million dollar mark. Wow. (laughs) The long winded journey. (laughs) It's really funny because a lot of people who only, and the majority of my audience really has only started following me in the last year or so. Mm. So to them, they're like, Steph is an overnight success. I'm like, yeah, overnight. (laughs) But you didn't see the four years before that where I really struggled. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Okay. What a story. I'm going to give you a second to get your your breath back there, Steph. Have you got me? Have you order? I'll give a bit of a a summary of some key takeaways that I think any course creator can take away from this. Uh, And even right from the start, and it's funny, I don't know if it's a podcaster thing, but it's, it's similar to myself. I used to be in the fitness industry, right? And I was teaching classes. I had my own um, own boot camp, and I would listen to a lot of different fitness business podcasts because I'd be driving to the gym. I'd be, you know, what it's like as a fitness instructor. You might teach three or four classes throughout the day, right? But it's not a one block like corporate. So I'd be driving, you know, an hour a day, fifteen minutes here, fifteen minutes there, fifteen minutes here, fifteen minutes there, and I would just binge on podcasts. And I think that's. Um, uh, such an advantage when starting off because me anyway, and it sounds maybe similar to yourself. You might not have had a lot of entrepreneurial friends, you know, me, you know, my parents are, uh, you know, university educated. My mom's a psychologist. My dad's a teacher similar to you, you know, you want to start your own business. Oh, that's risky, isn't it? You know, but when um, listening to the podcast, especially if they're sort of interview based, you just sort of learn by osmosis. It's like, okay, that's how this person thinks. And that's how this person thinks. Hold on. All these successful people have this similar mindset. Okay, maybe if I have this mindset, I'll, I'll be successful there. So I think that's important. And the dreaming side of things as well. I'm a huge fan of, you know, Tony Robbins and um, and manifestation. And, you know, you dream at first and then you sort of put that thing into, into life. 
So I love that there. I love your whole story because it just shows that it's not like, right, you know, I've got this perfect idea and I'm going to do a launch and I made a million dollars off my first launch. Maybe this, I mean, probably not, to be honest. I'm not going to say no. You know, maybe, you know, maybe. Maybe. Oh. If, if maybe. maybe maybe someone, if they've already got a freaking million person audience, you know, they're going from a different business or, or whatever, you know. But I love how it's like, hey, you know, here was this awesome idea to start, you know, the, um, the no sugar boxes. And it's like, all right, cool, I did that. Okay, it wasn't super successful, but I learned freaking heaps from it. And what you learned from there was like, all right, cool. That's going to springboard me to this next step here, which was, okay, you know, helping people with the marketing. Then it was like, okay, you know, it's still, it's better, but it's still not ideal. So, okay, let me do some online courses. Okay, cool. It's better, but it's still not ideal. So, okay, now let me do this, this podcast side of things. Now it's like, okay, here's the ticket. Now it's going really, really well. And it's just like one step to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and I know you said long-winded, but I'm going to say it's even shortened. I'm going to say there's even probably so many things in there that you were like, okay, cool. Let me give this a crack. Oh man, that didn't work at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. let, me give, let me let me give let me hire this business coach. Oh man, I learned absolutely nothing from that business coach or that course or or whatever. But you've got oh, to yeah. win it to win it. You know, it's like the only way you're going to do it is okay. Let me try it. I'm either going to win or I'm learn. Great. Let me go again. I'm either going to win or I'm going to learn. Let me go again. Okay, I'm either going to win or I'm, or I'm going to learn. Um, and I love the part time job bit as well because I feel like um, yeah. Look, you can do things on on a show on a shoestring. But it's so much easier if you got a few dollars behind you, you know? Yeah. It's like, and, and don't get me like these days, you know, you can, you know, do a free course on Zoom, you know, Zoom and, and Facebook organic, you know, and PayPal, you can probably put a, a full course together. But if you've got some dollars behind you, it's just a little bit easier, you know, run oh, yeah. some Facebook ads, pay an influencer, do a course, you know, hire a business coach. It's just way easier if you do it there. So I think that's uh-huh. an important, important. So we're going to add on to that. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. And I think, the way that organic social media is these days, it's very unrealistic to expect quick growth unless you have Mm. a bit of money to put into it. Unfortunately, you can still do it, but you're going to be a lot quicker if you have a bit of money to put in. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. And it's also, it's the old money versus time argument, right? Mm. It's like, okay, I've got no doubt in my mind you can do it. Say someone's starting off and all they've got is, is a personal Facebook profile. Great. You can go in different groups and wait till promo days and, you know, post your lead magnet and, and add some friends, but that's a long journey. You know, most yeah. groups will allow you to promote, promote maybe one day a week, you know? So it's like, okay, you know, you just promote one day a week. How fast are you going to grow? You know, but if you've got a bit of a budget, okay. You know, that's another story, but yeah. um, you wanted to, um, <laughs> expand on that. There's another thing that the, I think the best thing out of that whole podcast was the talk to your audience side of things. I think that's key. I think if, if, if mm. people listening to this take nothing else out of it, it's like, um, you can sit down at home and you can think about your ideal client. 
you can write down what job they have and what income they have and if they're single or if they're in a relationship. And I'm not saying that's bad stuff. You know, that stuff um, can help, but there's nothing better than speaking to your audience. And oh, I yeah. think the more intimate, the better. It sounds like Steph already had a bit of a following, right? So it was probably... Um, Oh, so we're going to say we're going to. Um, I mean, somewhat from my podcast, yes, but the people who were following me weren't necessarily the people I wanted. Okay, the people who were going to spend money. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So either way, if you do have a following, great. You know, you can you send out that email. No one buys. Ask them that question. And I even like getting even if you don't have a following, that can be a good social media conversation. You know, um, have a friend request someone. You know, uh, in groups or whatever, and you say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Have you got 15 minutes? Let's jump on a Zoom. And, you know, maybe you give them something for free in return for getting on that Zoom. And you just talk to them. Not, not a sales consult. It's like, hey, I'm thinking of putting this thing together. Would you be interested in it? If you speak to 10 people and 10 people say no, don't even, don't spend any more <laughs> seconds on there, you know, or at least you'll get some advice. Okay. You want to be interested in that? Why not? Well, what I'm actually looking to do is this. Oh shit. I can actually do that. You know? Then you yeah. speak to the next person. Hey, I'm looking to do this. Would you be interested? Yeah, I would. Great. What would you prefer? Group or or done for you or done on your own? You know? Great. How long would you want it to be? You know? And if everyone's as, as like Steph gave the perfect examples there. You know, she's like, it's an eight because that's sort of the the thing that everyone teaches. You know, you read Russell Brunson's book, do a, a six week coaching group coaching call and learn it. You know, so <laughs> everyone's doing that. It is effective. I'm not saying it's not, but with Steph's audience, everyone's like, I don't want to do group. Okay, well, mm. group's not going to work. You know, and and you know, yeah. um, what was the other one you said? Oh, I can't commit live. Okay, well, I better not, you know, push the live yeah. site, you know, <laughs> or oh, six weeks. I don't want to wait six weeks. And there's your sales page. You know, it's like exactly start any time. You know, don't have to be there live. You know, you can do it in one day and launch tomorrow. And all of a sudden, it went from two sales to a million dollars worth of sales. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I just want to add to what you said there, like with talking to your audience. Okay, so everyone thinks that you have to have like this amazing, unique, competitive idea mm. for your product to be successful. And it's not about having that competitive idea. It's about listening to your audience, giving them what they want, solving a problem that they might have and doing it in a way that might be slightly different to other people or that's uniquely you. And like my course is teaching people how to launch a podcast. You know, there's so many, uh, so many courses out there that teach that, but yet most of them wouldn't get close to a million dollars. So the, re the thing that made mine different was that it was basically a shortcut. People didn't want to spend hours listening to lessons. They told me that. So I gave them step-by-step, -step, cool, this is what you do. You don't have to listen to any videos. You don't have to waste hours on Zoom calls to get the answers you want. Just do this step-by-step. That's so cool. And even listening to that, if everyone listening to this, you can hear that. And you might even make some sales of this course. It wasn't even a sell, but there's probably people listening to this. That's exactly what I need. You know, I want to start a podcast. I don't want to, um, and I will put that link in the show notes as well. So if you're yes. listening and you are interested, I'll put that straight down there, but it's like, great. It's, 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 um, you've got that perfect person that wants it. It's like, if someone wants this, Steph has the answer and they'll pay you for it. It's like, okay, it's, it's like, okay, he's the, the, um, the transformation or the, the answer that I want or, or whatever it is. Great. You know, this is the way that I want to get it done. So I'm going to pay Steph to do it like that. So I, yeah. I love that there. Um, but hey, Steph, I do want to be sensitive of your time. So there are just a few questions mm -hmm. I, I like to always finish up with. I'll, I'll 
in that story again, saying if anyone's interested in following Steph, I'll put the link to her podcast down below. I'll put the link to her ebook. I'll put the link to her course, her Instagram. You won't be able to get away from her with all the all the links <laughs> I, I put down there. Um, but Steph, one question I like to finish off with revolves around mentors. So you're now a mentor out there. And actually, sorry, we should, we should give you another <laughs> bit of a plug as well. You also help other course creators now, right? You've also yes. got a launch program. So that's the other thing as well. So if, you're, <laughs> if you want to launch your course, I'll put the link down there as well to, to start awesome. launching strategy. Um, but okay, the question that I want to finish up with is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for plenty of people out there who want to launch their podcast. Launch that's their scary. Course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to hear who your mentors have been, your best mentors have been over the years. If you can answer it in three different ways, if you could give us a book, that you recommend every course creator should read a mentor that you've paid money to and you've done their course or they've been your business coach, whatever it may be. And a mentor that you haven't paid money to, but you listen to their podcast, you follow them on Instagram, mm. you watch their YouTube videos, one of each. So book paid and unpaid. Oh, only one of each. Um, I'm just oh, looking at my look, bookshelf. Look, if you can't split it, you can give us a two. I should have said minimum one of each. Um, a book. Look, I think everyone needs to read um, Pitch Anything. Oh, That's yes. pretty epic book. And that really changed. That was the first book that I read that was sort of psychology based around marketing and selling. Um, so that started to shift my mind around that. Um, mentor that I've paid. I mean, the coach that I worked with last year and that I'm going to be working with again in a couple of weeks time. I can't wait to start working with her again. Celine DaCosta, she is um, incredible. I started working with her because she's a like a media and storytelling coach, but the work that we ended up doing was all mindset. And it helped me so much because last year was such a big growth period in my business. And my mindset was very much lagging behind where my business was. So she couldn't have come into my business and my life at a better time. Um, and then um, an unpaid mentor, um, probably one of my good friends, Ronsley Vaz. He runs a podcasting agency and a podcasting conference. He's actually the person who put me on the stage with Pat Flynn and Jordan Harbinger. Um, he told me when I launched my podcast, he was like, cool, you're going to speak at the next conference. And I was like, Damn. Uh, what? Have you ever <laughs> heard me speak into a microphone? Like at that point, at that point, I could not speak to save myself. Um so yeah, he really like encouraged me with a lot of that stuff and he pushed me out of my comfort zone with a lot of those things. So yeah, that's my unpaid mentor. <laughs> Love it. I just want to piggyback off that on the mindset side of things. Actually two things. First, I want to compliment mm -hmm. you. Like your storytelling was amazing. You just told a story <laughs> for like 30, 35 minutes. So um, <laughs> thank you. I'm not sure if she did, if Celine did help you with that. She did help well. me with that. <laughs> so I think she's done a good job, but also the mindset, you know, in my experience, it's like, Yours almost sounds like the other way, but either way it caught up where it's like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, if you want to be successful, work on your mindset and then the business will, will catch up there and there may be a bit of a lag. You may have your mindset as a yeah. million dollar um, salesperson, but you're only making, you know, a hundred thousand, 
great. Once if your mindset is at a million, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before you get there. And if it is the re- reverse, like maybe what happened to Steph is okay, cool. Better catch up <laughs> with that mindset. Otherwise, it's probably going to be a crash. Yeah, or you end up self sabotaging because you get so comfortable where you are. I mean, without making this a podcast about mindset, you get so comfortable at the point that you are in business that when you get to that next level, you actually start self sabotaging to bring yourself back down to the point where you're comfortable. That's kind of where I found myself. Yes, agree. Um, all right. Well, yes, yeah, Steph, um, that's pretty much all we got time for today. Amazing. Thank you very much for your time. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? Or is there anything you want to finish us off with? Hmm. I don't think so. I think you did a great job there. Um, I mean, now everyone... for me. I just have to sit back and <laughs> listen to you. Everyone knows my life story now. So. <laughs> no, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.